Hail, adventurer. Before you get started on your journey, I have a quest for you. If you find yourself learning anything or laughing at any of the jokes in this episode, then tell your friends about us. This noble adventure helps us here at our small village defeat the Dark Lord, only known as the Alcohol. As the show grows, our village expands, and that allows us here to produce more and higher quality episodes for you to learn more about the dangers that lurk beyond the veil. It also allows us to give back to those that built us up in the form of future giveaways and cool events. Only the heroes that find the new podcasts can defeat the algorithm and bring justice to the oddcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Obscure Dragons and Dungeons. I'm Corey, and this is Emily. Hello! And I originally planned for this to be about the various unicorns, but I got lost in some rabbit holes and ended up with a different celestial creature called a Liland, or Lilandi for plural. These celestials have a heavy Norse influence and mostly reside on the Norse plain of Ysgard. But if you wanted a more traditional D&D pantheon with these creatures in it, they also reside on the plains of Arborea and Infinite Staircase, which is a network of pathways all leading to a nexus that allows you to travel to whatever plane you wish. Leilandi can also exist on the plane of Limbo, which is very interesting to me, but not surprising since these creatures tend to be either chaotic good or chaotic neutral in alignment. Leilandi are very interesting looking creatures, sharing similarities with Naga and Kuadal. Leilandi have the arms, head, and torso of a beautiful humanoid, but they have feathers in place of their normal hair, feathered wings growing out from their shoulder blades, and a serpent's body from the waist down. Their feathers and serpent scales are all often brightly colored with intricate patterns and gradients, and Lilandi are often seen wearing rare and expensive jewelry, but never any clothes. <laughs> so it's like the depiction of sirens, kind of, where they're just like very beautiful. Do they lure people? Uh, no, actually. Lilandi are, they kind of are sirens, but they're celestial. They're not. What are sirens? Beasts? the Greek mythology like uh, bird women that send men on their ships to their death? Uh, no, they're nothing really like that. I don't know why I caught Siren. After I remembered what a Siren was, I was like, nope, that doesn't sound right. Wussies! <laughs> <laughs> Lelendi are not normally naturally occurring celestial creatures, however. They are usually brought about by Selun, the goddess of the moon. Saloon will take a petitioner, or the soul of a dead person that found its way to her plane, and exact judgment on it. If the petitioner is deemed to have faithfully served their life while living, she transforms the soul into a Liland and lets it free to do what it wants with its new life. Ooh. The Lendi can reproduce, but it has never been observed and is only rumored to happen. Oh, this is a big, hard, long word. Parthenologic genel. Oh, parthenogenetically. No, this means, in theory, a little one can lay an egg and have it hatch without a maid's help. <laughs> oh, There we go. Strong, independent woman. Yes. <laughs> that need no man. They are mostly woman, uh, Lilendi. Lilendi being celestial creatures do not need to eat or drink. However, they love eating material food when visiting material worlds and will overindulge on local fare. After their feeding frenzy, Lelendi go into a torpid state that can last several hours or even days, but only if they consume too much meat. A torpid state? Torpid. They become, um, 
exhausted. Oh, okay. You eat a bunch of meat, you just lie down for a, you know, a couple day nap. <laughs> like Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Due to choosing to eat and not having it be a requirement, Lulendi can eat and drink as much as they want without worrying about using a bathroom since they lack any sort of digestive system. Oh. <laughs> Where does the food and water go? I don't know. You might be wondering why a celestial would be on a material plane to begin with, but since Lulendi are allowed to do their own thing, it kind of makes sense. Lulendi have a deep love and appreciation for art, music, and unspoiled wilderness, and while normally they are peaceful creatures, they are quick to anger over any of these three things being treated badly. The ill treatment of an artist, artwork in general, or destruction of wilderness is the quickest way to find yourselves at odds with a Liland, but they can hold a grudge for an eternity and will often have a spot in their hot heart dedicated to hating you long after you're dead. <laughs> wow. You pick like on like a Picasso <laughs> painting and you just get hated on for the rest of your life by this creature. Yep. I don't know why I was going to say it's like an old white woman. And then I was like, oh no, they actually care about the artist. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lulendi also enjoy learning astrological, ecological, and astronomical knowledge and have a deep appreciation of sages who speak of these things. And thanks to their love of wilderness, Lulendi often make alliances with rangers and druids as well as bards for their love of art and music. So they're kind of like friendly sirens? Without like... Yeah. A charming voice? Nah, they still aren't very similar to sirens. This is a really interesting kind of character, or creature. This is like me in real life, let's be honest. <laughs> On to the two things that made me choose this creature. Glolendi are rumored to be able to choose the hour of their own death. It is called the Silent Hour, and only happens when Liland grows wary of life and service. Before the Silent Hour, Lulendi will all make their goodbyes, and if they begin fighting during the Silent Hour, they fight with a calm and focused fury until their time is up. Once Silent Hour ends, Lulendi die with a happy expression, but if Lulendi dies before Silent Hour, then they always have a look of despair and anguish, as if they had failed their life. Oh. Because of this, Silent Hour is seen as a gift from the gods, while simultaneously being seen as a curse from the powers of law. Uh, the, why? Because, like, you can choose when you want to die, but if you die before you choose, it's miserable. Oh. Social status amongst Lulendi is dependent on a system of mysteries and totem masks. <laughs> the mysteries are akin to secret societies, with each society bestowing a different secret knowledge onto its initiates. What do you think of that? Cult? Question mark? <laughs> it's a little cultish, yeah. Uh, each of these mysteries are formed around very specific art forms or even weapons, and the more mysteries a Lulendi is initiated to, the higher their social status amongst other Lulendi. So yeah, it's a little cultish. <laughs> there was, it's a very odd, like, uh, society. Secret society. Hierarchy. It's well, like the Illuminati would only be one of the mysteries a Lulendi would be a part of. <laughs> exactly. The masks are tangentially related to the mysteries, with each mask having a unique design for each mystery. The system is complicated, but the masks help identify familial association and social standing. So like, they all look the same, but they all wear masks, and each mask kind of 
is shaped to match the house of secrets that they're a part of. What? Cult? Very cultish, yeah. See, Celestials have their cults, too. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lowland. Probably, like, most interesting things so far, and we already are one creature in. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's the only creature I have right now. Oh! But I've been slacking, so I better get something out. Oh. And this was one of the most interesting ones I could find, even a small amount of details on. Oh. It's okay. He just got. To, he's warming up for something great. Yeah, we're getting back into it. But Emily, what do you think about the Lilith? Cool little creature. It is. That'd be something cool that I would want to add to any like kind of D and D thing. Like a little. Uh, what would you? What would you put that? What would be a good setting or like? Like a political campaign with yeah. lots of like secret uh, alliances and stuff. These creatures would be awesome in that. Yeah, I was gonna say something kind of like. Gotta figure it out. It's a puzzle kind of thing. Because that's what these creatures kind of seem to be. They like puzzles. They like, they like being full of mystery. But, uh, yeah. Sorry. It's only one creature right now. We'll get back into it. Um, like, probably a lot better next month. <laughs> next month, we're going all out. Actually, this episode will probably be the first one in February. So, expect, like, the second half of February to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Emily, you want to sign us off? And with that, it's back to the dungeons. <laughs>